Hello, and welcome to the My Bible Life Podcast with your host, Vanessa Upkins. If you're not driving, get your pens, pads, and devices, and get ready to journey through God's Word together for the next few minutes. And if you can't make notes right now, be sure to save, download, or bookmark the podcast to listen again later. Oh, and don't forget to follow. Now, without further ado, here's Vanessa. Great day, my friends. This is Vanessa Upkins with My Bible Life Podcast, a community doing life together, studying His Word. I hope you had a wonderful week, and I hope you're ready for another Bible adventure. This week, we're going to be talking about A Great Crowd Follows Jesus. We are in the book of Mark on chapter 3, and we're going to be covering verses 7 through 12. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for blessing us with a new week as we learn about the crowd that follows you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for what you're going to reveal to us today as we go through this study together. Father God, I pray for all the followers. I pray for every single person that is listening to this podcast a special blessing to them, and a special revelation that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's get started here. Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. This is what it says. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea, and Jerusalem, Edomia, and from beyond the Jordan, from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crushed him. And he had healed many, so that all that had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, They fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. The backstory is last week we talked about Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on a Sabbath. The Pharisees wanted to see if Jesus would heal that man on a Sabbath. And of course, Jesus did. The Pharisees left and they teamed up with the Heronians to build a case against Jesus. Jesus is getting to be so popular and it's interfering with the influence over the people. But the word is spreading. Now, let's take a look at the different regions where the people have come from this time. I'm going to name the region and tell you a little about each. Number one, Judea, a city called Judah in the Old Testament, known as the land of the Jews. This territory is associated with the tribe of Judah. Judah was the fourth son of Jacob by Leah. He was the great-grandson of Abraham, but now the name has changed to Judea. Number two, Jerusalem, the holy city. Number three, Adamea, a city that was originally Edom. Edom was the country which God gave to Esau, Esau was the firstborn son of Isaac, and he had a twin brother named Jacob. This is found in Genesis chapter 32, verse 3. Esau's descendants were the Edomites. 
Edom was called Mount Seir and Adamea. Number four, Tyre, one of the major Phoenician cities located about 20 miles south of Sidon, referred to in Joshua chapter 19 verse 29 as a strong fortified city. Number five, Sidon, one of the oldest Phoenician cities. It is about 20 miles north of Tyre. It's mentioned in Genesis chapter 10 verse 19. It was the chief city for the Canaanites. And in Joshua 11 and 8, it was called the Great Sidon. This indicates that geographically, Jesus' message spread it to all of these areas. Another interesting fact is Tyre and Sidon was inhabited predominantly by non-Jewish people, which suggests that Jesus was attracting non-Jews as well as the Jews. Later, as we continue to study in the book of Mark, in chapter 7, we will see Jesus will be going to Tyre and Sidon. Number six, Galilee. Galilee is not a town, but a region that includes many towns that surround the Sea of Galilee, which the Sea of Galilee is not a sea, but a huge lake. This lake is located about 690 feet below sea level. It's about 15 miles long and about six miles wide. This list of places tells us that Jesus' miracles has reached far beyond the Galilee, which is the area where Jesus is right now. I want to encourage you to look up these areas on a Bible map. It will help you to do these four things. Number one, you'll get a good picture of where all these areas are located. And number two, as Jesus travels, you're going to get familiar with the different areas. Number three, we will see how far the people were willing to travel to get to Jesus. And number four, how far Jesus' ministry has spread it since he called his first disciples in chapter one. As I was looking closely at this, these scriptures, I wanted to look and see where in the Bible does it predict people coming from different areas. And we can find this over in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. And it talks about the hope of the Messiah. Reading from the NLT, this is what it says. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever for the land of Zebulun and Naplia will be humble, for there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice." So that we can see that this is happening right now with the people there that were filled with disease and they were filled with darkness, being being filled with evil spirits. And that's darkness, right? And here is a great light. Jesus is that light. And not only that, it says it will be a time in the future when the Galilee of Gentiles. And so these areas are the Gentile area, and it says it runs alongside of the Jordan and the sea, and it says it will be filled with glory. 
I want to go back and read verse 7. It says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and Edomia, and from beyond the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. The crowd was willing to travel from all these different regions to come to Jesus. It says in verse 9, And he told his disciples to have the boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crushed him. They are crowding in all around him. And so Jesus, knowing that he literally could that he literally could be crushed, told his disciples to have the boat ready. It goes on to say in verse 10, He has healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. Remember, at this point, Jesus only had five disciples, Andrew, Peter, John, James, who were the sons of Zebedee, and Matthew. Jesus told them to have the boat ready. It says in verse 10 that he healed so many and the crowd touching him, pressing in on him. This reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood who touched Jesus' robe and instantly she was healed. You can read that over in Matthew chapter 9. Here we have a crowd with diseased people touching Jesus, and they were healed simply by touching Jesus. The crowd did not come necessarily to listen to the good news about the kingdom of God. They wanted to be healed or to see things Jesus was doing. But whatever the case, they left their towns to come. The ones that received their healing became a walking testimony, while others saw what happened and became a witness. Can you imagine living in those days, walking in the crowd, reaching out and touching Jesus to receive your healing? Your story would be told to others. The good news is Jesus still heals today. He heals us from diseases, stress, depression, oppression, worry, bad relationships, a broken heart, and so much more. If you're needing a healing, you can just pray and ask him and let him know exactly what you are facing or what you're going through. A simple prayer of faith will do. In James 5 verse 15, it says, the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord would raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. You can pray that prayer. You can pray that prayer at any time. And I'll be happy to pray with you right now. Father God, I just pray and I lift up my sister, my brother to you, Father God. No matter what they're going through, Father God, we ask for you to heal them. Your word says that a prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And we believe that. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for raising up my sister and my brother, and may they tell their stories to others. In Jesus' name, amen. It is just that simple to pray to God and just to share your heart. I want you to know that is that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And that is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6.
In the last two verses, Mark, the author, ends by saying, And whenever an unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. The point is that the unclean spirits recognized Jesus and had to obey his command. Jesus has been given authority over all things. Another point is, it was not time for Jesus to reveal himself as the Son of God. There is much more work to be done, like teaching the disciples. When Jesus is ready to make his announcement about being the Son of God, he will be the one to tell the people, not the unclean spirits. In closing, the crowd was willing to travel far to get to Jesus. They came from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edomia, and from beyond the Jordan, and from Tyre and Sidon. The crowd came when they heard what Jesus was doing. They didn't consider the time traveled, nor the distance. They came to Jesus. My question is, are you willing to come? Okay, let's not forget our five questions that we asked at the very end of our Bible study so that we can learn and grow and apply this word, what we've learned, because God speaks us and meets us in his word. Number one, what is God saying to me? Number two, is there anything that I need to correct in my life? If so, what? Number three, What area in my life do I desire to see change? Number four, how can I apply what I've learned today to my life? Number five, what is my plan and when will I start? I want to thank you for joining me today and I want to encourage you, if you were not stationary while listening to this message, take the time, go back and listen to the podcast again. Take notes, mark in your Bible, write down your takeaways, share it with a friend. And I look forward to seeing you again on next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the My Bible Life Podcast with your host, Vanessa Upkins. We pray you have been blessed by the word today. This weekly series was created to increase your faith, encourage you in your walk with Him, and to give you inspiration to continue moving forward confidence toward fulfilling the work he has already begun in you. Since you're already here, we invite you to follow, share, download, and help us to reach more people to join in with us. Let's share the love and his word so that they too can be blessed by the My Bible Life Podcast, currently on Spotify, Audible, and Podbean.